the average investor, when there's kind of markets as they are now, they should be trying to sort of sweat their assets in the, in the digital asset space a bit more. So, you know, make sure you are earning interest. It's, it's like a, a really easy first step um, because, you know, if we are going to trade sideways, you're missing out if you're not doing this. On this episode of Early Bird, Phil Blows, the founder and CEO of the trading platform Accrue. Phil joins the podcast today to talk about how to earn interest on your cryptocurrency and how his company went public. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Phil, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Pleasure to be here. It's great for you to be here as well. I believe you're the first... uh, a CEO of a publicly traded company to be on the Early Bird podcast. So, welcome. Wow. I think I think I think yeah. that's great that you're here. Um, so, it's uh, an <laughs> we're going to talk today about you know about your company and of course uh, earning interest on cryptocurrency and why that should matter for retail investors. But before we take a, a, a dive into that. Phil, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. If you could give a, a brief 30-second uh, uh, version of your biography, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So um, I currently live in London with my wife and, and two young kids, so um, a one-year-old and a three-year-old that, that keeps me very, very busy outside work. But in terms of, in terms of my background, I've been in the sort of traditional world of finance, specifically kind of trading and broking. So I spent a spent about uh, 10 years as a long short um, equity trader sort of doing market neutral strategies and things like that then a bit of time in broking before kind of moving into a couple of startups um, which culminated in in founding a crew in um, in early 2021 and um, and you know we we went on a bit of a kind of rocket ship from from day one we raised a seed round of um, just about a million dollars and then um, effectively went public via um, what's called a SPAC, which we can we can dive into mm-hmm. um, in in kind of October of last year, and then raise kind of another ten million pounds in the process. Well, incredible journey, you know, from from startup to publicly traded company in such a short period of time. You have there, Phil, um, and especially with what the company does, um, you help investors, including those retail investors out there, earn interest on their cryptocurrency. Um, it's yeah. something that some investors may not be aware of. Um, in a nutshell, what does that mean when you when, when you earn interest on cryptocurrency? Well, I mean, I think maybe, maybe just reversing up a little bit. You know, we we when we found the business, we we saw that you know we we were quite active in the cryptocurrency space, and you know we found some great ways of just earning interest of depositing your crypto within in what's called um, 
you know, decentralized finance, which is kind of um, you know the normal finance, but without well without the intermediaries. Um, but what we very quickly discovered was it's you know you can it's it's there are these amazing yields you can earn on holding Bitcoin, you know holding Ethereum and and what's called stable coins, which are which are cryptocurrencies that track the value of the dollar. However, it's extremely complicated for the everyday individual to sort of actually engage with these protocols. So. The idea that they would have to open up their own kind of wallet and then, you know, fund it with with Ethereum and then connect it to a D, you know DeFi protocol, it's you've lost 99% of people. So, really, what we do at Accrue is, you know, we've designed a really customer friendly app where any any user can go on, they can deposit normal money, and with a click of a button, convert it into into Bitcoin, Ethereum, or one of these stable coins, and then start earning up to sort of 12, 13, or even 15%. Um, you know, in in whatever base currency they choose. So, if someone deposits Bitcoin, for example, they earn interest in Bitcoin. So, regardless of you know the fluctuations, they're sort of holding more and more Bitcoin over time. And um, yeah, it's it's the whole idea was can we just simplify the whole process and make it you know safe, secure, and just understandable to the everyday person? Fantastic. So, how does it work in a nutshell? So I mean, in in a nutshell, someone deposits um, you know, normal currency or, or an existing kind of um, you know, portfolio of, of crypto. Um, it goes on the platform, and we effectively lend it on their behalf to intermediate to, to institutions. So we have a you know a big diversified pool of places where we can deposit these these uh, these funds and um, and generate interest from them. And uh, you know that that's sort of where the experience of the investment team comes in. You know, we've got one of the most experienced teams in crypto. You know, we've been investing for institutions, um, well, helping institutions generate yield on their on their crypto for really as long as you've been able to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, you're you're effectively building diversified portfolios of kind of like lended lended assets to institutions across the whole kind of world of decentralized finance. Oh wow! So so that's kind of uh, how it works, basically. Isn't it? Yeah. So so it's really interesting, you know, earning crypto. Uh, earning interest on your crypto, um, and, and so the the benefit obviously it speaks for itself. You're 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 making more money on the va- on the the crypto that you currently have. That's incredible. Um, are, are there are there any other advantages that come with it? Well, I think I mean, there's a big there's a big shift. I mean, a lot of people look at crypto and they think you know, I'm going to put my money in there and I'm going to 10x it in sort of like you know whatever a short period of time. And invariably, people run after whatever the kind of the hottest thing is at any given time. And you know it's incredibly difficult to do that. You know some people do, and they're they're clearly the ones that you hear about. Um, but you know you don't hear about the scores of people who, who you know lose their money because they're they're either getting into you know into, into investments that don't have much kind of inherent value, or you know they're they're buying at the top and selling at the bottom, that sort of thing. So you know, the whole idea with you know showing customers that you know if you hold Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's more than just something you're trying to like hope appreciates over time. You know, this is a credible asset class and it has real value. And there's people looking to, you know, to borrow it from you to help to help their own sort of capital intensive um, sort of uh, businesses. So, you know, this is this is part of a kind of a, you know, a long term portfolio. And our belief is that, you know, over the coming years, five, 10 percent of the average kind of diversified portfolio will be in some form of digital assets and probably, you know, good, a good point of um you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and, and a mixture of these sort of higher yielding stable coins. And I think we're already seeing that in the institutional landscape where, you know, big institutions, big, even big banks are, you know, they're spinning up trading desks that only do, um, you know, crypto. 
And, you know, they are. And the reason they're doing that is because their big institutional customers are saying, look, you know, what are you doing in this space? We know it's a good investment. We want to get involved. So I think what we're seeing is this is kind of crypto 2.0, where crypto 1.0 was sort of buy and speculate. Crypto 2.0 is like, how do I take these, you know, what are valuable digital assets and start earning, you know, proper yields out of them and building, you know, professional portfolios with them. Fantastic. I, I could totally see the benefit of that. It's certainly the acceptance of crypto with large financial institutions is incredible. Um, yeah. what, what are some of the drawbacks associated with earning interest on cryptocurrency? You know, there, there's a few different things. I mean, the, the way that we, that we do things, um, you know, people effectively deposit their crypto on our platform. And, you know, there's this kind of big movement um, in, in the sort of the diehard crypto community, which is sort of like, you know, not your keys, not your coins, which is, you know, if you don't, if you don't have like, you know, if it's not within a wallet that where you hold the private, private keys, then, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's subject to be sort of lost. And, you know, I can see, I can see where those arguments come from, because, you know, there's been a, the road of crypto going all the way back to 2008, it's been fairly rocky, there's been a lot of big exchange hacks and things like that. But you know, the market is, is very different now. So, in terms of like what we do at Accrue, we we use a company called Fireblocks to build our our wallet infrastructure, which is kind of institutional bank grade, um, you know, custody solution, tech solution, which has been tried and tested. Everyone in the world has tried to hack it and has failed. You know, it's done two trillion of uh, dollars worth of um, of digital asset transfers. You know, and and also every wallet that's held with Accrue is insured for thirty million dollars. So you know, whereas before, you know. People sort of saw, you know, depositing their their crypto with a third party custodian, which is what you have to do in order to to earn yield through through someone like a crew. I mean, people saw that as a very much a negative thing. Now we're saying, well, you know, to be honest, we're probably safer than your own wallet because you know a lot of people misplace their keys, they're connected to protocols they they shouldn't do, and they end up getting themselves hacked. Whereas you know, with a professional custodian like ourselves, you know, we can give a service and and, and level of security and insurance that. A lot of individuals don't get themselves. Makes sense, uh, especially people losing their their, you know, their their keys to their crypto wallets all the time. Oh, you hear about on the news. Yeah. Are there any awful, awful <laughs> stories like that? You know, people people going through like landfill sites looking for like five million dollars <laughs> worth of Bitcoin and stuff. It's it's, it's dreadful. Yeah. Are, are there any uh, geographic restrictions for the for your platform? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we there's there's clearly some in terms of like the sanctioned countries and where regulations don't sort of allow us to operate. Um, but generally, you know, we we're, we're building a, a global a global client base, and uh, you know, we're building a a global regulatory footprint as well. Um, you know, sadly, one area at the moment where we're not available is the U.S. Um, I think you know we look at our some of our competitors um, in the space who have operated in the U.S. and you know the landscape has been pretty unclear up until now so you know we don't directly compete with them but someone like BlockFi I think we saw them get a you know a hundred million dollar fine from the SEC recently um, and you know that kind of is part of the reason why we're we're waiting for the regulators to really give us some sort of certainty before we enter the US um, but you know globally outside of that you know ev- everyone you know we're, we're, we're onboarding customers from from all over the world um, but you know, it's unfortunate at the moment given the sort of the, the lack of clarity, we're not onboarding US customers. Hope they end up in the US someday. When we return, we'll hear from Phil about the state of cryptocurrency and how his company's stock has performed since going public. But first, 
Let me tell you where you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Phil, today we're talking about earning interest on cryptocurrency and about your company, Accrue, which is publicly traded. Uh, before we talk about your company a bit, I, I just want to talk about cryptocurrency at a very high level for retail traders. It, it hasn't been a very kind year for cryptocurrency. The prices have gone down, especially in the first quarter. Um, what do you make about what the current state of cryptocurrency is right now for retail traders? Yeah, so I mean, you know, we, we kind of peaked in November and it's been a pretty, pretty nasty start to the year. We've been trading sideways from sort of like, you know, I, I, it was, we had this kind of breakout. And, you know, we always use Bitcoin as kind of the barometer. Um, I must say, when I saw Bitcoin kind of break above $45,000 level again, I thought we might have a, a, a decent up leg, but we've, we've simply, we've, we've, we've since pulled back a bit. Um, you know, I think it's, if, if we really think about it, it's, you know, it's an emerging asset class, which is remaining unbelievably resilient in what has got to be one of the worst macro environments for a very, very long time with, you know, the prospect of nuclear war and rising inflation and interest rates, all these sorts of things, which is, which is, you know, and then kind of the unwinding of QE and things like that. So it's, you know, it's, it's been really resilient. And I think, you know, are we going to see it suddenly like, you know, break out and go, go, go nuts? I don't think, I don't think necessarily we've got the kind of macro catalysts that are needed to really have like a, you know, a risk asset like, like crypto really go crazy at this point. However, I think as a store of value, especially when inflation is, is going as it is, it's, there's, there's significant value in, in crypto as a, as a, as an asset sector. And, and also looking at, you know, in terms of just the you know, going back to the yields that you can generate, you know, even if crypto trades sideways for the next six months, you know, if you're able to earn between seven and sort of fifteen percent interest, and you're kind of like you know filling your bags, even even as you know the market trades sideways, you're kind of outperforming traditional you know, traditional markets anyway. So, <clears throat> I think you know for the the average investor, when there's kind of markets as they are now. They should be trying to sort of sweat their assets in the in the digital asset space a bit more. So you know, make sure you are earning interest. It's, it's like a, a really easy first step um, because you know if we are going to trade sideways, you're missing out if you're not doing this. And then when markets do go up, you're going to have a lot more of the crypto that you hold. So it's going to you know it's going to going to magnify the returns you make on the upside and soften the blows on the downside. So I'd I'd you know that would be the main thing at the moment. You know I think. We're waiting for a big catalyst, and we've talked about the Ethereum merge. Um, well, the industry is very much talking about the Ethereum merge, which is kind of slated for for later in the year. I mean, that could be the catalyst that we see. A lot of people, you know, pay attention to that, and Ethereum might do, drive everything higher. Um, so that's kind of you know, buying that. There's not a great deal on the horizon that, you know, unless we see the war in in, in kind of Ukraine, um, you know, end. That might be the catalyst that really pushes things higher. Mm, you're right. Keep an eye on what's going to happen to Ethereum this year, for sure. Yeah. Um, so your company, Accrue, it's very interesting. You, you went public um, in October, so not that long ago, and you went public via a special purpose um, acquisition company. 
known as a SPAC, which is when a publicly traded yeah. company is created and then acquires and merges with an existing private company, in this case, your company. Um, tell me about that. How, how's it been for the company since going public? So, I mean, one of the things we were keen to do, you know, we were very keen to appear as credible and transparent as possible. And, you know, that's why we went public so early. So, you know, we wanted customers to be able to see, you know, who runs the company, who owns it, you know, what does our balance sheet look like, all those sorts of things. Because often when you're investing in the crypto space, you've got no idea who owns what, you know, and, and what you know, what kind of financial situation the, the custodian of your assets is in. So, you know, as a startup, although it was very, very quick, you know, we, we wanted to to get out there and, and you know, be as credible as possible as quickly as possible. So from that perspective, you know, the the SPAC that we've done has, has been, you know, it's been really, really good value because we're, um, you know, we're, we're talking to institutional customers and, you know, we're going through due diligence and often we're competing against other players in the space who just don't have the level of credibility that we have as a public company. So that's almost allowing us to win deals and win assets from from institutional customers. You know, on the, I mean, that, those are the positives. I mean, on the on the downside, you know, we've the way special you know, SPACs are effectively set up is, you know, they will list at a certain price and they may even do a sort of a pre-IPO um, sort of fundraise in order to get the cash into the vehicle to begin with. So you've got to be really careful with how you how you structure the investors in the early in the early kind of public company. And, you know, one thing we have found is although we've you know, we've done this this um, you know, this, uh, this SPAC, and we are starting now to talk about some really, really impressive growth rates. You know, we've, we've grown 100% as a business in the last three weeks. And, you know, we're, we're onboarding customers globally, and it's, you know, the, the business is going crazy. Um, but the stock's not moving. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, the stock's trade was trading sort of up at three and a half, um, three and a half pence. And, you know, there are people, there are investors, though, who, who bought in at one pence. And, you know, we're, we're not a particularly liquid stock. So, you know, those early investors are just selling, you know, and, and sort of realizing profit, and they're not sort of in this for the long term. So I think, you know, what you'll find with a lot of SPACs is kind of the initial road often, depending on the shareholder base, is quite rocky. But you kind of need to clear out some of those short, shorter term investors and look for the real long term sort of value investors that are coming in, they believe in what we're doing. You know, they can see us because yeah, I, I have no doubt in my mind that we're on, we're on the road to being a billion dollar company. And you know we're, we've got the traction to get us there. You know it's going to take us a while. And we need a, we need patient investors on board that are going to sort of support us. So you know I think that sort of the the public market is is not kind of rewarding our business model at the moment. But I think you know we are we're making such big moves in the space that it's only a matter of time that you know we people have to sort of take notice. I think absolutely. You know we've talked. Um, you know, certainly if you read, if those who read the newsletter early, but uh, we've talked about SPACs before and what, and what those companies are like. Um, and Phil, even though you said, you know, your platform accrue is not available to investors in the U.S., investors in the U.S. are able to uh, trade your company's stock, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, we're, we're trading on, um, trading in the U.K. on the Aquis Exchange at the moment, which is sort of one of the slightly more junior exchanges, but we're, we're about to co-list in on Neo in Canada, where you know there's some. The reason we kind of picked that exchange is there's, there's sort of several crypto businesses already trading there at really good multiples. Mm. So you know we can we can then list on those ex on those exchanges. You know release our numbers and say look this is where we're at relative. And there are some clear comparables. So you know this is what we should be valued at. 
and um, you know, I think that's that's going to be something that we're we're you know we're we're, we're pushing on with, and um, hopefully we'll have sorted in the next couple of months. Nice. Um, I know you recently reported financial earnings not that long ago. Um, Phil, what's what kind of outlook are you looking at for 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 twenty twenty two for your company? I mean, one of the big things that we we've, we've got is you know we the way we generate yield we do it through sort of decentralized finance and um, you know what that actually allows us to do is generate yields that are, that are you know significantly higher than a lot of our competitors. So if we look in the space, you've got companies like Celsius and Nexo, and between them they've got thirty five billion dollars worth of, of of digital assets on their platforms. Um, you know, that being said, we are paying almost double the um, interest rates that they are on certain currencies. So, you know, for us, it's not a case of, you know, are we better? We know we're better. It's more a case of we've just got to get the market to know who we are. And, you know, we are spending a lot of money on marketing to, to build the customer base. And then there are there is some serious low hanging fruit there and assets that we can say, look, you know, you should not have Bitcoin earning 3% when we pay 7%. You know, it's a really inefficient market. Um, so hopefully we're going to see that quickly, um, you know, normalize as, as customers and sort of this, you know, price discovery, they, they come over to us, oh. you know, so I'm excited about, you know, how we're going to, we're going to you know, build a lot of assets on the platform over, over, over this year. But also we've, um, one of the things which, you know, we've got a very, very talented tech team oh. and we, I was very keen to build kind of a way in which we can partner with yield. And we've got this offering called yield as a service, which is where we go to existing crypto exchanges, which maybe are just, you know, they allow people to buy and sell crypto, but they don't allow customers to generate yield because maybe they don't have the capabilities themselves to be able to offer that to their customers. Using a crew, and we've got a really easy to use API suite, they can simply just plug in and, and instantly offer all of their customers a yield service, which is effectively managed by a crew. So I'll be interested to see how that, that product takes off. You know, we're building a really strong pipeline already but it's, you know, we, we go from, you know, we're talking to exchanges which have sort of 10 million customers between them. So that's yeah. a really, really quick way that we can start scaling assets as well. So, yeah. you know, lo- lots of cool stuff like that. And I think, you know, we just we, we, we just need to do more of what we're doing now because, say, the, the company is growing at an incredible rate. So yeah. we just need to keep managing that, that, that kind of growth. Well, congratulations on the growth. Congratulations on for crew and everything that, that's, that, you're, you're accomplishing. Phil, thank you so much for, for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. Before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question, and it's the big question for today's discussion. That question for you, Phil, is if you're going to sail around the world, what would be the name of your boat? Oh, I mean, um, I've got a really embarrassing, um, a really embarrassing surname, so it'd have to be There She Blows. <laughs> nice. There she blows. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Thank you again to Phil Blows for sharing your insights on cryptocurrency. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Bye.